Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. From the icy reaches of Montreal, Canada, Solid Gold Effects are effects pedal creators who constantly reinvent the wheel with their wonderful devices. If you, like us, are looking for something more than just another chorus, fuzz or flanger, then that's exactly what Solid Gold Effects do best. From the oblivion, a quadruple-voiced flanger with a whole bunch of internal dip switches, to the Lysis, a polyphonic octave-down fuzz modulator, Solid Gold are just a great shout if you want to do something different, make weird noises, or if you're just looking for something a bit more fun. Check out their range of ultimately original soundscape devices at solidgoldfx.com. We think they're wicked. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast i am your host joe branton joined this week by jd short oh hello i didn't see you there jay cross oh where are my glasses i can't see anyone and matt knight cool party (laughs) (laughs) excellent well there's wonderful intros by everyone involved fantastic i was was thinking about my favorite batman film which is clearly is that Batman and, Rob- Batman and Robin? No, no, that's... No, Batman and Forever. Is, that's Batman, Batman Forever, and yes. Forever. <laughs> that's right, because we were talking about how we were talking about how charming Jim Carrey is just before this podcast. No, how, no. how wonderful his stash and haircut is we're, in the Sonic We're movie. all talking through our butts here with the yeah. hands. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine that, sweet, sweet, dear listeners. <laughs> exactly. But yes, welcome, dear listener, to Season 2, Episode 11 of uh, of the Guitar Nerds podcast. Um, before we get cracking into anything, I just want to welcome our new patron, Holly Simpson. Welcome, Holly. Thanks very much for your for your feedback. I, I've started messaging new patrons and being like, "Hey, how's it going? What, what do you what would you like us to do?" And Holly was like, "Yeah, more Naomi." So uh, so I've, I've obviously responded by doing an episode with all of the hosts except Naomi, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which I realise now is a terrible idea, but <laughs> but but nonetheless, there, there will certainly be more Naomi. Also, you know, we've had a bunch of new stuff. I've had a, a handful of guitars sent to us this week. We're gonna we're gonna take a look at um at some effects pedals, and there've been some interesting pieces of news uh, as well to discuss. So we're gonna we're gonna crack into into those. But first of all, um, Matt Knight 
on the kind of uh, and, and uh, dear listener, I appreciate how how much we've kind of accidentally dipped, maybe a little too fully into talking about you know plugins and and stuff like that on this main podcast, rather than reserving it for our home recording podcast. So you know, I won't make it quite as the entire episode as as we have over the last couple. But Matt, um, you you uh, you purchased something from Plugin Boutique this week, which was quite interesting. Yes. Um, um, talk about that. So, so I've been doing more home recording, and I've noticed several things. One, I've got terrible timing. Two, um, playing ambient music for like an hour at a time is not good when you're actually trying to write a song. So, I've been trying to write more songs, just whatever, no particular genre, um, just just anything. And I've realised now that I also wish I had really practised theory um so i've sort of been stuck in a in a rut kind of the same like chords and not really knowing what the progressions are and like i think this is the key and you know just trying to be a bit more adventurous with what i'm doing songwriting wise and i happened to stumble upon a bunch of different apps that are out there and then that sort of led into some plugins and the one that everyone has raved about is something called scalar 2 um which is basically a music theory plugin now it's not as boring as it sounds but effectively (laughs) (laughs) what what's amazing about it is um you've got like a midi keyboard you load it into um you load it up as a plugin within uh personas or, or logic or whatever and you can just play the root note. So you might go on my guitar. I've kind of got A, C, and G. You can play that on the MIDI keyboard, and it'll be like these are the three chords you've got. These are all the scales that work. Then you can pick a scale, and it will tell you like this kind of scale sounds like this, or this sounds like this. And then it will give you all the chords in the scale that then you can play with one note with one key <laughs> on a on a MIDI keyboard. Um, and then you can change all the variations and the uh, the kind of whether you want sevenths or ninths or elevenths or thirteenths and it will basically just automatically lay all the chords out for you so you can mess around with different chord progressions and you can basically yeah each chord of a scale can be bound to just one note on a keyboard um but the other amazing thing is you can load audio into it and it will tell you what key your samples are in or, or whatever um, but once you've got all those chords it will lay it out on a keyboard so it'll be like oh you're going to add in a major 13. This is how it's played on a keyboard. But it'll also say, like, these are all the notes that are on a guitar neck. So I've found, like, messing around with wow. chord progressions and gone, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then, like, trying to then write that on the guitar. Um, but what's incredible is that it outputs that as MIDI. Um, and they've kind of added a bunch of different touches to it. So you can have like different rhythms. Uh, you can add a certain level of like humanization to it. So like timing um, and velocity. And they've captured a bunch of like real world performances of how people play piano and then like transpose that to um, different MIDI feels. So you can pick all the chords and then you can kind of get it to play some different rhythms or some different arpeggios some different voices and like within an hour, I had like a bunch of like great ideas for songs, like using just chord progressions. Because I've I've played like, you know, I'll play like a bluesy thing that's like A, and then I'll go to E, and then to D, and I'm like, I don't really know the theory about like how I could 
modulate into a different key or what other chords I could use. And this basically just tells you everything that you need to, but you can output that as MIDI and play a bunch of MIDI instruments if you want. Or, as I discovered, or as I discovered, you can output MIDI out of your interface into hardware synths. So I basically came up with a bunch of chord progressions and then played it straight into my Juno and then basically got it to the Juno to play all of the chord sequences over MIDI and then I could play with all the filters and stuff you in real time. You play along. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, so I can cool. actually record the actual audio. So I don't need to be able to like play a open variation of a minor 13 chord. Um, I can just output the MIDI um, and then the Juno, it will trigger the Juno. But just for songwriting, it's I, I only got it yesterday and it's amazing so for anyone out there who's a guitar player or a bass player like struggling with a bit of theory or just trying to write songs this like you just fall down this rabbit hole of like oh i can go to this chord then i can go to this chord and i can add Matt, this, this variation like in. A fantastic bit of kit and uh, you know yeah I and this conversation by being like oh theory this won't be for me but this sounds great what is it called again scalar 2 from plugin mm. boutique it's 50 quid yeah so i i just want to say like i started this conversation being like oh theory this definitely sounds like it's for me and then like also i i just conversely like i think this is this sounds phenomenal it's just a way if nothing else to like shake up practice routines or to like start playing with something else like just as a as a fun way of just like interacting with stuff differently like this this Mm. sounds great yeah it's um I, th- I think it's really going to change, like like I say, like the way I can practice as well. Um, yeah. And just coming up with... Because uh, I, I was thinking about the next series of the home recording podcast that we're going to do, Joe, and, and like what we're going to do for that and writing a song. And I was like, I'd really like to contribute a bit more music-wise and then give it to you and say, oh, you know, play a bass part or whatever. And I'm like, I'm just... I've realised how in a rut I was with what I was playing on guitar. And then all of a sudden, this has just opened a whole bunch of doors to like different chord progressions and different feelings and just trying out stuff by clicking a couple of buttons and going, oh, that really works. And then playing it on guitar and going, oh, like suddenly my playing just sounds way better because I'm, I'm using different variations and different different feelings. And then, yeah, you can create a whole track with it if you want, or you can simply use it as just the basis of um, writing a a chord progression yeah um, so I'd, I'd recommend everyone to um to try out i think it's amazing plug-in boutique scalar too yeah that um that sounds really cool i i kind of default to um because i only know one set of hand shapes so all i do is change the tuning on my guitar to come up with new ideas mm. so this is uh, well, because this... you can play g c and e and a <laughs> <laughs> no just the scale i use is always the same so if you oh, well, I, I, see. Le- I, I learned that from from you know when when polymath started playing in uh frips to with new standard tuning i realized oh all your hand shapes work it just all sounds different. So then we were like, well, how else can we tune our guitars to to think of new ideas without actually learning anything new? You know, essentially most of our songs are the same. <laughs> so it's still movement. just the pentatonic, it's still it's just the, the pentatonic, yeah. just like yeah. in different tunings. <laughs> exactly. Every I song mean, is the same. Wait. Like work, <laughs> work smart, not harder. You know, I'm all, I'm all for it. 
you're playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star for every song, just in different <laughs> yeah, yeah. tunings that change midway through the song. Next, exactly. next time I listen to Polymath, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, I can hear the EastEnders tune. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love that tune. What what a prog odyssey <laughs> that is. Yeah. So, I mean, not as much as the Bill. The Bill is probably the most prog tune. Have you ever heard the full version of the Bill? Do you know it's like its its time signature is in incredible and incredibly complicated like it's, really? it's yeah oh it's quite kind of known in like the prog world but the theme tune to the bill is insane like and then listen to the bit that comes after that it goes it's it's so complicated like the time signature is ever evolving it's it's really quite something weird who wrote it i i don't know actually it's a keytar masterpiece yeah yeah it is it really is it really is i do i do love it um, but yes, okay. So I'll I'll stick on we'll stick on plugins briefly before we move into guitars because I do want to talk about plugin of the week. Plugin of the week this week suggested by Jeffrey Wax. Thank you very much, Jeffrey. It was a fantastic idea, and you also cost me an entire day of my life. <laughs> Not because I was enjoying the plugin, but because I realised after a good few hours of me frustratedly trying to install this plugin and not being able to work out why it wasn't working that it doesn't work on uh 2020 max so (laughs) so that was very annoying but because i'd watched a bunch of videos and it looks incredible i can't wait for them to offer support for it fortunately uh the, the my guitarist tim who i work with a lot uh, uses a PC, so he's able to download it, and you know we'll just use it on through through his computer. But my goodness! So the the plugin suggested again, plugin boutique, uh, another plugin boutique plugin, completely free. If you get an account on plugin boutique, you can just go and check out what free plugins they have, and they have a lot of very cool ones. This one is the Chow Matrix by Chow DSP, um, and it is very good like really listening you need to go and check this up so so um i'll read the description of it because it's it's so wonderful so the chow matrix is a delay effect made up of an infinitely growable tree of delay lines each with individual controls for feedback panning distortion and a whole bunch of other stuff so and and the visual literally looks almost like a tree so you have sort of your trunk and then you have all the delay the additional delays for your left and your right that you're adding onto um you know the 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 rest of it so it can ping pong around each one can have completely individual attributes think about that every single one is its own delay pedal that you can program differently within one app and then the best thing about this it has an insanity control which is just like a just like a fader just one sort of fader that you can turn up and that will increase the randomization of each individual delay line differently so the 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 ability to create absurd crazy delay is just like nothing else it's just so easy you know i i use a bunch of uh, of of delay plugins not this one as i can't and uh you know it's 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 always easy to get something you know ethereal and and big sounding and maybe a little crazy 
but it tends to be the control within that tends to be limited. This offers you clear, concise, really easily accessible control. I'm so impressed with this plugin just from the videos I've seen. I wish I could use it. I can't. But uh, it does look absolutely wonderful. So, you know, completely free. Check it out, dear listener. I've just downloaded it while we while have you were you? talking. I have. No, there you go. Yes, oh, you'll, you'll enjoy it so much. It looks so good. I wish, I honestly wish I could use it. It looks absolutely fantastic. Definitely, uh, definitely check it out. Now, this week, uh, we uh, we received a couple of guitars. So, uh, you know, so friend of the podcast, Dave Lee, um, posted, uh, posted a picture on, obviously, we spoke about, Dave Lee's getting a lot of airtime on this podcast recently. Dave Lee posted a picture and a, and then later a video of his Bronco mod beating JD, you and I, on the, uh, yeah. the, <laughs> on the bass guitar nerds on our Bronco mods, which is coming, dear listener. We're working on it at the moment. But Dave Lee already modded his incredible Bronco, and we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. And he uploaded some pictures of some of his other guitars. And, uh, you know, I saw one, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is... This this guitar looks absolutely fantastic, and he then messaged me and was like, "Oh well, I, I'll send it to you if you want." <laughs> so, so you know, who was I to to say no? So we received that, but not only did he send uh, one guitar, he sent two because he sent something else that he's been working on. That in fact he even trialed as a bit of a pro, uh, uh, production model with a with a friend of his in the states. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, and these guitars were fantastic. Now, boys, I've sent you kind of a, a picture of both of them. So let's let's talk about the one that I um, that I was excited about first, which was um, which was the kind of the offset. Uh, uh, well, there's sort of a what, what, what do we call them? Uh, what do we call? It's like it's like a it's like a telemaster. Uh, Telemaster or not? Yeah, there yeah, we it's go. Like yeah. the, the Fender version would be like the offset Telecaster. Yeah, but so it's the, like it looks like a it's the body of a body of a, a, a jazz master, but with a Telecaster style loadout, I guess. Yeah. So, well, yes. So that's that's what it is, right? It's a it's a a jazz master body with just a Teddy pickup in the bridge. Yes, is that what you think? 
Yeah, I mean, that's what the picture looks like, yeah. But it actually has secret pickups underneath the scratch plate. In fact, it has a neck and middle pickup of a Strat. All three pickups made by Sunbear, um, who, you know, a pickup brand that we actually love. So underneath um, that plate is is a neck and a middle pickup. Um, of a strat and then Teddy pickup in the bridge, all custom made by Sunbear. So, so the they te- like super high. I, I I don't know how much a pit guard would um, affect the uh, you know the 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 magnetic, but also just efficiency distance. of a pickup. Does it need to be super high output? I assume it would be. I yeah, um, I would think. Well, well, I was going to say actually. I mean, the he's also sent me a letter. Um, which which includes all the all the specs and everything, and the the pickups for that were a Sunbear special underwound Telecaster bridge to balance oh. the lower position. Wait, that's the that's the bridge to balance oh, the okay. lower positioned neck and middle pickups. So I think oh, so rather, the than, other way. rather right, than overpowering okay. the the neck and the middle, he's underpowered the the bridge, which is a really interesting way of creating the the balance. I I'm a big fan of that because that reminds me of our favourite. Uh, guitar hack from back in the day which was when someone would come into the shop and say excuse me I need to buy a boost pedal and we would tell them not to buy a boost pedal but in fact to buy an EQ the the, the go-to was always buy the Boss GE7 and have uh, when it's turned on have the volume because you, you've got like a master volume on the GE7 and um, we would say just push the volume down a little bit on the GE7. So when you want to boost, you actually turn the pedal off and it gets you your full signal. So I like the the idea of like balancing stuff through unconventional means. I think that's very cool. Mm, yeah, there you go. Um, so, just, I was going to say, to answer your question, I don't think they have to be that high uh, output. Basically, Seymour Duncan released one last year called the uh the secret agent it was a brad paisley signature um, oh yeah of course. i think they've been making yeah, yeah, yeah. them for a while um because i always remember the oh, i want to say his name was john page he was a master builder at the uh, first one of the first uh master builders at the custom shop and uh he made an esquire with two pickups one in the neck one in the middle um and they're one of the like most revered one, models that he built. So I think they've been doing them for a while. But yeah, there's now a Brad Paisley signature. Um, yeah, because that, that, um, that pickup was in the, the Brad Paisley Esquire. Because mm. Brad Paisley had a signature Esquire that came out last year in like a cool sort of funky black sparkle. And um, the uh, pickup was hidden under the under the plate there as well. But I d- like I say, I mean, I don't know about the, uh, I don't know how high output or anything it is. Um, I've not tried one of those. No, guitars. I mean, it, it so, looks like not not that much. He, they're saying that um, because I mean, it, it's a bladed pickup rather than um, like pole pieces. But because it's further away, it's quite it's quite full and rich sounding. So it's similar to what an Esquire would have been on that neck position, but obviously you've probably got Mm -hmm. a little bit more control over it. Hmm, Interesting. My favorite part about the Dave Lee, um, uh, jazz master Esquire is his name for it. He's called it the stealth Esquire because it has hidden pickups. I love that. That's, that's good. No, 
Yeah. No, no one else. Yes. I I'm, I'm into it. I'm into I wouldn't it. say that was original because, like, I think that yeah. John Page Esquire was called oh, the it's... Stealth Esquire. Oh, was it? Oh, god. Yeah. Damn it, Steve Lee. But it's really cool. So like, it is cool. So let me let me read a little bit from the spec. So. Dave Lee's obviously, he puts these together kind of himself. And it's very much, these are like home jobs. But I love the stuff that he's got involved. So the body, the body was from Boo Boo Guitars. If anyone's checked out Boo Boo Guitars, it's a really great way to get kind of factory second um, uh, bodies and necks that require a little bit of work. But if you're willing to put that work in, it's a great way to get really good quality parts. But, uh, you know, just that aren't 100% perfect. So we got a boo-boo guitar body in Swamp Ash, um, which had some some tear-outs and holes in, in the wood which he filled. But the grain was still, you know, as it is pretty fantastic. The finish is a rattle can nitro uh, Fiesta Red with no undercoat, sprayed very thin with no clear coat to, so it will wear nicely over time. Um, also, you know, he as he said, the, the grain in the body is, is, is lovely. And so he, he wanted to... He wanted that to be a didn't visual wanna, aspect wanna, of yeah, the guitar. Cover that up. Exactly, exactly. And then the neck is a bird's eye maple uh, with a Rhodes, uh, with a rosewood board from a limited edition Squire. Um, but you know he's given it a good fret fret level and and recrown. Um, and then he stripped it and refinished it in a vintage tint nitro from a can again. And and kind of and and all those those can finishes you can get from Northwest Guitars. If you know again, uh, sorry, dear listener, I appreciate fifty percent of you are in the states, but yes, the Northwest Guitars are a rather good uh, UK shop. Uh, and and kind of everything he's done uh, pickups wise seems to be with with Sunbear, um, who are you know. A pickup company that we think are really bloody fantastic. Good. Bloody oh, fantastic! So you've got you've got something from them, haven't you, Matt? I have. Uh, there, I've got their humbucker P ninety set in um, my Nick Huber, and then I've also got the the Sabbath bucker in my um, Chapman baritone beer baritone. Ooh. Yeah, that um, sounds. And we were talking at one point about doing some strap pickups, but not not gone that far yet. And actually, mm. no, I haven't got them in my SG. Um, but yeah, no, Wicked and uh, Stuart's amazing. And uh, he really knows how to build a pickup. So he's definitely worth checking out. Um, yeah. Just quickly, just to go back to the stealth pickup for a second. Um, I realised the master builder is John English. And he did, yeah, in 2006, they did a... Sorry, Nam- Johnny English. Johnny English. Johnny English. The... Uh, Rowan Atkinson. Terrible Spy and also Master Builder. Um, they did a run of 100 uh, Stealth Esquires for Nam back in 2006. Um, but the idea, and uh, I'm surprised we didn't think of this earlier, was actually the unreleased Type 1 variant of the original Fender Marauder, um, which had four hidden pickups underneath the pickguard and was shown oh, in a catalogue in 1965, but was never released. I wish that guitar had been released. Just like I wish that the Fender Bass 5 had was like standard. Why do you think that is, JD? Why have like five string basses with a high C never taken off? I don't. I think it's because like music, music shifted to everyone wanting like low notes for like, you know, like R and B stuff. It just seemed more. Well, and it's it's bassier. It's the the parts you can reach that you know hits the like like a synth or like a 
you get like a Moog or like, you know, a low keyboard part that you can replicate on a low B more easily than you would need like a high C, you know? So it's like high C is more for like jazzy, solo-y kind of things, like when you're doing more chordal stuff. And yeah. there are very few of those jobs out there. So Yeah. Yeah. I guess well, you you've right. got more, don't you? Well, yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've <laughs> yeah. got, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, um, uh, no, no, sorry, go on, Matt. I, I was just going to say, uh, apparently, this one of those pickupless marauders exists. I've just found a photo of it, and uh, I'm just like, man, isn't that just a cutting board? It, it, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> it looks like one of those Line Six Variac Six Hundreds, with just like nothing, Ugh. nothing on it. But yeah, apparently, I, think I need it's, to get one of those. It's in. Um, you don't. You don't <laughs> unless you can swap out yeah. everything and, and, and like upgrade the electronics. <laughs> yeah. It uh, was orish- initially owned by Porky Freeman, um, who oh, then Porky sold Freeman? it. Porky uh, Freeman. Oh, I've seen his movie. <laughs> Who oh, wait, that's so, sold it to a uh, a current owner who um, yeah apparently is a massive guitar collector but uh, doesn't keep them all to himself. It's greedy, does not want yeah, to share pictures. So there's only, the only pictures that exist are the ones that are in that catalogue. Huh? Weird. Yeah, mad. How about that? How about that? So I was uh, before I talk about Dave Lee's next guitar. I was um, I've been really really hankering for a new instrument of some form oh, yeah. the last couple of weeks so like it it's, been, it's been it's been it's been two or three weeks so well, yeah you know what like both my custom builds are still being built and it's kind of like i i just need to feel that that desire that that i can't wait any longer i can't possibly <laughs> wait any longer so i need to i need to get something um and i was like I was like, maybe I get another short scale. I was like, it's got to be something weird. I was like, maybe another, yeah, maybe another short scale. Maybe I'll get a square Mustang bass. But then, like, you know, I've got this scratch plate being made for my uh, for my music master. And so I was kind of like, oh, that's, you know, that seems a bit silly. That seems a bit, you know, I'm sort of doubling up on on stuff unnecessarily. Yeah, so I, so I was like, oh, we, well, we've been writing some new polymath stuff. And I was like, you know what? this polymath stuff needs a fretless because i've been i've been going back watching a lot of juan odrete uh videos and i'm like yeah what this needs is a fretless can i find a fretless to purchase anywhere at the moment no there's uh there's so little on the market so i was i was kind of yeah i was messaging jd trying to get advice and help but um one of the things that guys Joe, he's the last person you want to be. You want, you want to be going after someone who's going to try and talk you out of it, not someone who's going to <laughs> who's going to who's going to tell you it's a good idea. He's the last person you want to be talking to. Goodness <laughs> yeah. me! I tell you what, Joe. The next time you have you have feelings about trying to get a uh, fretless bass, come and talk to me. Give me a call instead. <laughs> yeah. I'll set you straight. <laughs> I have I have no doubt. But one of the things, think about one of the, things... the changing in tunings that happen with a fretless. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. But one of the things I was thinking about getting was the vintage. I can't off the top of my head. It's like the V seventy four. I think it's a. Uh, it's their. They they actually do it as a series, but it's like a. It's their icon series. Their slightly relict jazz based style guitars, and they do a Jacko fretless, as does everyone. It appears who does a fretless always does it as a Jacko, which means it's a plateless sunburst, which I'm definitely very into. But I'm also a person who owns four sunburst jazz basses so it's like it's hard for me to get excited about another one um but nonetheless it's one of the, it's the most affordable option on the market it's like 300 pounds it's relict which i'm into we've seen the vintage pro shop stuff like the jodos and the rest of their pro shop they know how to relict they're a good company for that sort of thing so I was like, "That's that's solid." It's sunburst is my favorite finish, even if I haven't, even if I have loads of them. This looks good. Uh, I kind of want my fretless to be lined, like a lot of me wants it to be unlined to do the whole. Um, oh, uh, forgotten his name, uh, thingy uh, Franklin, Tony. Franklin. Tony Franklin. So, yeah, yeah, I want to do the whole Tony Franklin thing, but it always comes back to me. What, is, what does that mean? Sorry. Oh, uh, Tony Franklin has a. Uh, a precision bass with a, a jazz bass pickup in the bridge. He's, he has a signature model still in production, but it's unlined, so the the neck is you know completely just a a slab of rosewood, um, which is great for Tony Franklin because you know he's mostly recording. But like, a, and I always think that's cool. And I did used to have an unlined Ibanez Roadster when I was younger, but the thing about it, I always remember Juan Odorete talking about why he had lines because fender as standard previously they do lines now but in the 70s all their fretlesses were unlined so people used to get lines you've made your paint- bed mate you've made yeah. your bed that's what that's what that's yeah. what he was saying leo yeah. he was going look you've yeah. made your bed <laughs> exactly but if you want me to make this without any without any bloody frets in then well you know i'm not going to waste any time you know because it's him himself who was doing yeah, it of course yeah absolutely yeah. In, but yeah, yeah he, in, he, in the 70s, you know, when he still worked for the company. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Juan Rodrose had uh, has um, the lines painted onto his uh, and, and constantly kind of has, have to, has, has to have them refreshed as well. But he has the lines painted on. And when he was talking about it in an interview once, he was like, I'm not one of those jazz guys. I play in a rock band. I need to see where my finger's going at a loud dark gig and i was like oh that is a really good point i do love the unlined thing but i think i like it from a almost an arrogant sort of look at me like i prefer it from a people watching me play an unlined to an actual me playing unlined so so anyway my my point was the vintage really good really affordable lined jazz bass fretless but then jd you you had one i think you you modded it a lot right and never a lot yeah yeah, I just it never really came. So like, I had a an Audra preamp in it, so I made it active. I had Nordstrom uh, noiseless in it, um, Hipshot Bridge. Uh, no, I had a badass bridge, an actual old Leo Quan badass bridge, and Hipshot tuners and everything. And I put Graph Tech uh, nut on it and everything. And it's still, I mean, to be fair, at that point, it's a completely different bass anyway. But yeah, there was just something that just never really. I never really settled with it, you know, like in the same way that like I, yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I never really connected with it. And I liked all those parts. Those are all parts I had from other mods I had done over the years. But yeah, like that, um, I think I was saying it to you, it's, it was also a bit like 
when you go to one of those pizza places where they allow you infinite <laughs> toppings for the same price and you're just like you're doing everything you're like how did i end up with like pineapple and broccoli just because <laughs> they're they were free and I sh- no one should someone shouldn't have let me do this i should have called jay jay would have talked me out of this i, I tell you i, I tell you what's, what's really funny about that jd is um that analogy is so perfect because this weekend i got takeaway pizza and i ordered a marinara didn't even want any didn't want it didn't want didn't want cheese didn't want any like fake meat or anything i literally just got a mar- got like, flatbread just, just basically <laughs> bread tomato with flatbread. tomato on it yeah and it was incre- and it's incredible like it's yeah. this new pizza place in brighton where they're doing it and it's like it's incredible and um i i haven't realized that yeah that is really such a perfect analogy because i'm just like nah just like it's fine the marinara is the pea base of the uh and that's the title of the episode (laughs) that might well be the title of the episode uh yeah well yes well you know thank you for your advice jd so it's put me in a quandary because i was i'm still basically in the same same position where i i don't know what to get but well there's also loads of other suggestions we're not going to talk about because they're still for sale so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there are a few we'll secondhand options that I can't possibly let the listeners know because there are some oh. good value, very good value. Yeah. I reckon it's Mark Packham buying them and then listening to him on Reverb for more money. <laughs> That's all Mark Packham does now. You. That's why he's never on the podcast anymore. He's he's making more money uh, just you know buying and selling stuff on Reverb. But, uh, I just thought so it was personal, specifically for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but yes, I did want to speak about Dave Lee's second guitar. Because yes. I wasn't expecting this second guitar. Now, I've sent you all a picture of it. Now, for starts, it's shell pink. Correct. Obviously already got our <laughs> attention. It's a Mustang body shape, which, you know, mm-hmm. big fan of. Loving the, the short scale sort of nature of it. It's got um, a, like a Seymour Duncan JB uh, in the, uh, you know, single coil, humbucker size single coil in the in the bridge position fantastic now we'll get on to the things that jay won't be into it has a lace sensor in the neck Matt i'm in yeah i'm still in jd you in uh i mean i want to be in i'm i'm i in the door okay 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 so the lace sensors kind of mix things we know jay's not gonna be into that fan fret reverse mm. music man style headstock so a two and then a four i am into the headstock it's very weird looking sorry i <laughs> yeah. I, I can't I, so, sorry fellas you're cutting out a little bit there i i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure you didn't just say what i thought you said do you mind just repeating that well also don't forget the hot rails is uh has a coil split so it's got a push pull um on on the bridge as well as having you know the having that what i'll be honest i plugged this in all i used was the lace sensor because as we all know <laughs> lace sensors incredible the pickups exactly so uh it was absolutely fantastic now dave lee said that you know he prefers fan, fan fret stuff he, he actually finds it easier to bar on them i find them disconcerting as a rule but i loved that this was such a blend of like modern and traditional in its sort of satin shell pink like thin shell pink finish the you know the uh the vintage tint to the maple neck but he's gone for a fan fret option and and plain fingerboard. That's the thing that is like. Yeah. There's no no dots, like no like fingerboard like like markings or inlays or anything. I think that's you don't I you don't see that on guitar all that often. 
No, I don't find. No, no, exactly. No, you're absolutely right. It tends to be, I think that like um, nothing on the fingerboard tends to be something you see on basses a lot more yeah. than you do uh, than Does you it do have guitars. side dots? Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah, it does. Um, but I thought it played fantastic. I thought it sounded sounded great. Like, and and also like this, he he'd actually done this in collaboration with Tom Drinkwater from Drinkwater Guitars in the US, um, where he'd kind of designed it, and and Tom was um, Tom was building the bodies and the neck, um, and and putting them guitar, putting them together and everything, and they'd actually they'd they'd sent them up they'd sent them to fast guitars in canada who'd made them up on a cnc um and and i think they made like a, a kit version of that but it was something he was looking into doing as an actual production model and i was like this is kind of cool this is like in vogue at the moment like uh um it's got all the modern applications that that are that are stylish you know the fan fret but it's got that also that cool kind of hipster vibe of of having the uh you know a mustang body shell pink stuff like that well what i was was about to say about that so i just started to interrupt here is this that like and i mean this in the absolute best way possible so i'll start with that but it it reminds me of a guitar you would see someone on youtube playing with like cool hair and an anime like hoodie <laughs> like over like chill wave beats and like trap hi-hats or something but like absolutely shredding on guitar i mean that's it's most got, like, of that our listenership yeah uh, so let's <laughs> just <laughs> But yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I, I actually, it's, it's an incredibly cool guitar. But um, yeah, it was uh, the, the fan fret made it like a, you know, a little off for me. But I, I just think this was such a cool invention, such a cool thing to kind of make yourself. Like when Dave Lee's just putting these all together with nothing, not much more than anything that you know you or I can get in our sort of you know our bedroom or garage. Um, a really cool guitar. Totally being out mob moded. Yeah, I know. Putting <laughs> to shame. That's what that is. Yeah, I know. I, I know. Mean, D- Dave Lee is the ultimate mod moder, and he's just, uh, yeah, he's. I think us. I just want to call back to the, the whole like the fan fret and being like easier to bar. Like I find that as well, and I've never been able to voice like what it was about it. But I think I think that is actually quite really like that's a really interesting thing to explore. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I think. Yeah, I mean, obviously the big one for bassists is Dingwall, but yeah. um, I could never, without the, I guess for drop tuning, obviously there's the advantage there. Um, uh, Why yeah. is there an advantage there? <laughs> well, because it's a longer scale length on yeah, the okay. on the low tension. strings, like the because yeah. the bridge. You're not really thinking about the frets at that point. It doesn't matter that the frets are angled. It's that your bridge on your lower strings is literally further away from your nut than your high strings. So yeah. you so because of that, it's a longer scale length. So you're able to drop tune whilst keeping a tighter tension on the yeah okay understand on on the lower strings, which is the yeah. clear advantage. Which is why. The, the fan fret thing is something that has been so much more popular in, in metal than anything else in genres where down tuning, drop tuning is is an essential. It's um it, it there is a clear advantage to keeping the strings tight. You know, and is that the, because metal players can't 
they just use the same shapes. So they to write different songs, they have to drop tune. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I've never struggled, you know, on a four-string bass. You just, if you want to get lower, you use a thicker string. You know, that's, that's, I guess, the other way of doing it. But there's nothing wrong with that method. There's nothing wrong with fanfare. It's, it's totally fine. If you, you know, if you don't want your instrument to look like a, a gorgeous, perfect, wonderful, classic thing, then, you know, fanfret is the way to go. I, I must admit, that's why I'm really impressed with those Abassi concept guitars. Um, that sort of like extended single cut fanfret Yeah, I honestly, when I, must, I, first I think saw they look them, really cool. When I first saw them, I wasn't sure if it was like some sort of male grooming application or a guitar. But, you know, now that I know it's an instrument, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I, I think they're wicked. I just, yeah. w- I just wish I could play like most of the people that are actually playing one Yeah, uh, in some ways. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Well, anyway, Joe. so... Sorry, Never I was just going to make some joke about a fan fretless, but um, that's really <laughs> all you need to know. You can fill in a joke yourself. <laughs> yes, of course. Now, I did want to talk about effects a little bit on this episode, specifically solid gold effects. Uh, an effects brand that we've been trying out a few bits recently. Their Imperial Mark II, which was uh, their sort of JFET style vintage fuzz, but with a with a with a silicon uh, uh, thing that makes it sound very modern and noise gated. Which of course comes with sliders, which we were a, a massive fan of, and I really have put a few pa- pa- posts on the uh, Guitar Nerds Instagram over the last few weeks about this pedal. Honestly, I've had the best time with it. It sounds fantastic, and it's it's revitalised m- my caring about fuzz. Like I, I really think it sounds absolutely wonderful and very worth checking out. But we also got the the new thirty three, which is their vinyl engine, which uh, we've talked about, kind of a multi modulation pedal that allows you to get a really lo fi vinyl sound, and even has like a a switch that you can turn to give crackle to your signal, which is absolutely ridiculous. But what I wanted to talk about today was the fact that solid gold effects actually have such an a massive um, a massive range of pedals um so i thought maybe we could kind of all talk about something that we thought was super cool in their range matt knight why don't we start with you yes so i didn't know this pedal existed uh from their range and now i want one i I was sort of fairly familiar with a lot of the fuzz pedals they they did and obviously the surf rider which is their reverb Um, but they do a pedal called the counter current which is basically their ambient reverb um so it's got a latching feedback control um that basically allows you to kind of i think like freeze the reverb um so it basically as they put here sorry it's momentary momentary feedback switch ramps up the feedback for some oscillating blasts of reverb just when you want them um so it's kind of taking everything that people like about the surf rider but then kind of doing more of an ambient thing to it so you've got a bit more extremes of all the controls um so yeah very very cool i listened to a couple of sound demos just before we started but i I had no idea this pedal actually um existed and yeah the demos are like this thing sounds great oh that Uh, sounds awesome and crazy 
Yeah, so um, that that would be my pick, the countercurrent. That um, that was also the one that I was I I really like the idea of. I think it it, it just it's really quite different from other things on the market. I mean, I guess you could, like you say, Matty, you could consider it kind of a, uh, uh, a like ambient reverb, but it does seem like there's a bit more going on than that. Um, and uh, yeah, it looks great, sounds fantastic. That for me is is the one that I really, I really want to give that a go because I'm I'm all about that. It looks wicked. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. JD. Uh, I mean, there's so many. So, like, I have their Apollo 2, which I love, is probably my sort of phaser of choice at the moment. Um, I probably would, and just on that, go with the 76 Plus, which is, it's their, it's an octave up fuzz with filter, and then it has, like, sequencing you can add in to it as well. So, like, one of the things I really like, certainly as a bass player, is like, I mean, I adore fuzz, but like the octave up and everything really gives me like what I really want to do is add like weirdness to the high end in a sense, but still keep the low end like pretty, um, pretty stable. Yeah, you like, don't want to lose those just, fundamentals. Yeah, but I just, I just really like all the like the, the nuance you can get with like a, like with octave like using an octave up and then doing weird stuff to that octave up signal, which is also like sometimes like my, my live rig is, you know, like I split it low and high and buy amp things and then run it so that I can do that just completely soloed anyway. But it's, it's yeah. Like it's it. Yeah. This, the 76 plus is, yeah, it's just great. I can't remember exactly what's fully on it now, but it's, you know, it's just, I've, like seen some videos only had like a tiny little go with it um once but i know there's you can it's got like um triangle and sawtooth waveforms and um you know step sequencers you can add to the upper end as well yeah that's this i i I find that kind of a consistent thing about solid gold effects across the board is they they seem to always be not trying to just create like oh here's a you know, I guess here's our drive, here's our phaser. They're always trying to think of what new control, what new access can we give the player to some, you know, weird, quirky aspects of that effect. They're really great at like reinventing the wheel. I think that's kind well, of. Well, and yeah, and also it being like, like they're like with the Apollo, like I, I dug it right away, but it's like there's so much you can do with it. And it's like one of the things I really like about like individual pedals is just like really exploring all the different nuances you can do. Like, and then, you know, what I like to do is find what I like best. And I'll, it's why I have like seven drives on a board, you know, <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah, I could do the same thing with multiple puzzles, but I like to step on it once. But like, I, I just really found myself like really digging into like a few of their different pedals and just finding like there's so much room for creativity and like nuance that is like a useful not lost nuanced you know kind of thing where it's just like 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 it feels much more like studio gear in that same way where you can you know really do clever things that probably aren't noticed but as soon as they're gone everything just falls flat like in a way like like they add that bit of stuff yeah yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. 
Yeah, my 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 favorite thing from Solid Gold Effects, um, the the isn't one of the various things I have here at the moment was actually their funk light. Now this comes oh, back yeah. to yeah, absolutely. So envelope filter is something that I have. I feel like I've just discovered now. Obviously, I've I've mentioned. I've <laughs> I've mentioned Ronald Rete a few times on this podcast so far, but I have been really going through a big the Mars Volta uh, phase. Not not that I ever haven't been, but I'm really hitting it quite hard at the moment. And I'm is listening. It, to... Is it because of the new album that's coming out? <laughs> there's there's no new. Well, oh oh, you mean that uh, me me and Tim? Uh, it's not a new album. It's everything they've ever done. Plus, it's the. Uh, some additional recordings, because of course, Deloused in the Comatorium was uh, uh, was produced. Thanks, by, Matt. Were, sorry, I was just say thanks, Matt. There's the yeah. rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You've ruined it now. Uh, they were they were put under. They were quite hamstrung in that on that album to try and make it accessible. So a lot of the prog was kind of removed. So there are alternative versions of that. And then there are a lot of alternative, there, there are a lot of their, like, their first EP, the unreleased stuff, of course, the unreleased version of Francis the Mute. But all of that stuff has been bootlegged, like, in the past, and I actually own all of it on record anyway. And it was 550 quid for all of it, again, just officially released. And I couldn't find anything that I didn't already own except for the re-recordings of Deloused in the Comatorium, which is my least favourite album anyway. So after careful consideration, I decided to buy it, but I'd spent too long carefully considering and it had <laughs> sold out. So it's, <laughs> which was like maybe 45 minutes after the release. So, oh, uh, that sucks. Yeah, but it's it's fine. It's fine. It doesn't matter. But nonetheless, I have been going down a bit of a, a the Mars Volta uh, sort of thing and uh, and you know watching a lot of a pedal pedal and um nick reinhardt and, and juan Aldrete's channel on on youtube and one of the things i really enjoyed because on the album i've been focusing on is the bedlam in goliath and there is a lot of envelope filter on that record like han is really is is doing a lot of funky stuff a lot more fretless on that record he's really pushing what he can do as the bass player in that band by that point and uh one of the videos on pedals and effects.com is him going through envelope filters some of his favorite envelope filters and of course he has some you know ridiculous vintage things that are astronomically expensive and you know you can only buy in like one small town in california but the you know the most accessible thing he talks about was the funkzilla by solid gold effects and the funk light is kind of a simple small version of that one of the things that you know i'm not 100 percent on board with about solid gold effects is most of their pedals are side on which is fine as in they're wider than they are tall which is totally fine but you know i real estate on a pedal board you know <laughs> <laughs> i have the height i just the width that's where it matters so the funk light is a is a fantastic solution it also a big fan of pedals that don't give me too many controls and this one gives me a simple depth attack and frequency um which is kind of all i want from um you know i don't really want to be adjusting everything about an envelope filter i just want that whack you know, and and this pedal seems to do it very it's, very well. I f I find auto wall envelope filters the hardest. It's been the hardest thing for me to find uh, yeah. the best the best one. What, um, what do you use, Matt? So I, 
to be honest, right now, nothing because I still haven't got to the end of that that journey. I was using the a couple of the algorithms on the H9, um, but they just they don't have the kind of like real feel and response. Um, and I've I've got like a wire pedal on my board, but having a wire pedal and an auto wire. It kind of you just want to use yeah the auto for a bit of kind of crazy sort of lead work and and stuff like that and yeah i'm still struggling to find the right one i did see a demo of an old boss aw2 the other day and i was like oh, that's one of the old boss pedals Is that I gold one? It, it was sort of like a weird yellowy bronzy gold yeah i yeah. had one i lent it to someone at university and then never got it back but um, and i don't remember who they were i think i met them at a party i don't know <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Um, but some of the old electroharmonics Qtrons, um, yeah. potentially worth looking at, although a bit breaky. What do you uh, use, JD? I'm, an old electroharmonics oh, Qtron. There we go. <laughs> um, and so it's, I mean, I, I will say this too. It's like, like, like envelope filters are like one of the things I love the most, but probably actually use the least. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's like the old really any of the Qtrons, but any of the, uh, like the old Qtrons, I've had several um, old Mutrons or Mutron variants. Um, and like, that's really what I want. Like I find so much of the like modern, like modern envelope filters are s- just so like metallic-y sounding and are so like, this it's this isn't actually true, but it's, there's like some weird digital digital feel to them that feels weird and wrong to me. Like I had a lot of like, and sometimes that can be great. Like if it's with like into a fuzz or into a distortion, and you're using that like clang. But it's but yeah, like the it's the Qtrons and like anything built on like the Mutron schematics is is really what I would kind of with as the Qtrons were like is something I'd really look at. Yeah, um, the last thing that I bought was the uh, pralines from Oh yeah, Gal Gal, and it's it's amazing, um, but it's super complicated. Um, so you sort of like once you've set it up, I've I've sort of tended not to like touch it. But then there's like, and then you kind of go, oh, well, I found this sound. Then you're like, wait, how did I get back to the other one? Um, so that's been. Um, that's been fun, but yeah, it's sort of still not dialed that in. I think, How like much you say, did the pralines cost. They were doing a promo on their website because they they went away for a bit, then they came back, um, and I think it was like two hundred and something euros, two hundred fifty euros, maybe. Um, and uh, actually, although not uh, really news at the moment, they've just announced their new looper, which looks. Mad. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. They just launched it on Instagram, being like, "Here's a picture of it," uh, and it's, Ooh, it's massive. It's called the Lupe. The Lupe. I like that. It's um, like spelled like toupee, but with an L. Yeah. So uh, that looks pretty cool. Oh, but yeah, wow, it looks mad. Um, yeah, I'm I'm super keen to see that out in the world and try some ambient Brianino esque. That's the- that's that's my test. Is can I do the Robert Fripp type thing on it? Yes. Then it passes. Um, Joe, you'll be into this. The three yeah. switches on the Glau Glau uh, Lupe are uh, listed as record, fine, you know, that's fine, replace, and multiply. Ooh. I like that a lot. There's some cool looking stuff on here. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to know how to use any of it, but it looks fantastic. Very nice, um, nice royal blue 
I would say maybe it's a bit light to be royal blue, but that looks that looks great. Really cool. Really interesting. They, they do look great. They, they're such. They're probably. I don't know. Am I going to say this? Probably the best looking effects brand for me aesthetically. They've, I yeah, think they have this got look a cool is look to the them. coolest look. They're very um, Scandinavian, isn't it? It's like mm. it's quite. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, it's quite minimalist. I like the rendezvous. That's my favourite looking. I don't even know what it does. It doesn't even matter at this stage. <laughs> that, that's that's um, you know that's all. Buy buy first, try later. That, that's <laughs> yeah. that's that's my view. This sort of thing. So like, oh, that looks cool. Buy it, and you know if you don't like it, don't worry. You can just keep it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It looks like it's a phaser and a filter. So fine. But uh, they are massive, though. Also, that's kind of yeah. the downside. All their pedals like take up all the room ever on any board. Um, yeah, that is that is the only problem. Um, but uh, but I don't know. think they're re- are they necessarily designed for guitar players, or are they like for synth players primarily? I think I they are know. guitar I, players. I yeah, yeah, I think but they probably are. people like me probably don't really ever like take them outside. I quite like. I don't. This is this a new one as well. The steak. Uh, I think that came out at Nam last year. Steak. It's like a fuzz filter. It looks great as well. The colour scheme. The steak was is... a distortion, like a double distortion or something. Uh, I thought. I thought it was there, or maybe I can't remember. No, I think it's a fuzz. Yeah, yeah fuzz I think there? it's a fuzz. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, to be honest with you, there's so many knobs on this pedal. I don't know where to begin to even start. <laughs> start looking at what this does so, so it reminds me of the old electro harmonics flanger hoax which i spoke about before which is the pedal that just i still to this day don't really understand what it was and it had so many controls on it i think every time i plugged it in it sounded different i was like cool i think the only one i ever sold was to uh chris from enos he was like oh, i need a weird pedal and i was like I mean, I don't even know what this one does. Is that is that weird enough? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think that I think he did actually have it on his pedal board for a while, if I remember rightly. Well, um, go. There you go. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Now that is actually all the time we have on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. You can, of course, join us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds for an entire extra episode every week. Uh, you can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month. At the dollar tier, you'll get this episode ad-free and early. Five dollars gets you access to the Patreon special episodes and also our entire back catalogue. And ten dollars a month will get you the lot. Plus, I'll sing you my thanks in uh, at the end of every episode in my punk pop extravaganza that's i'm only doing punk pop songs in season two so uh there will always be a punk pop song so enjoy that you can find us on all your favor favorite social media platforms and join the guitar nerds group on facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion thanks for listening you've been lovely we've been the guitar nerds farewell cheers gang Bye. and it's farewell from me
Let me tell you all about my Patreon backers. Some of them are crazy, some of them are crackers. Playing the guitar with the insane with the backers. Modern all the squad on coast with the rappers. I am the host, but I never seen a ghost. No concert, he'll slay absolute quotes. It's just one retroness, I must confess. You Patreon backers are the best. It's like Eric Bond, John Conway, James, Dodd, John Hackety. Paul, Julian Manning, Russell, Healing, Ty, Allen, Yoga, the guitarist, Carl Harris, Cloud, Lifter, and Todd Sands, Joe Hopper, John Hughes, Brian Hansen, Jane M, and Jeffrey Wax, Eric Hammer, Samuel Foss, Brian Einstein, Gavin Vander Linden, Andy Manley, Scott Udden, Robert Butterworth, Simon Milborn, Marcus Alcata, Wacky, and Stuart Robson, Christian Lund, Hansen, Pete Adams, Michael McVeigh, and Eric File, Peter's joke, but it rhymes with Dermot Jack Cuffmore, Ken Sayers, Abe Matthews Guy Drippy of the band, Sean Arbo John Anglin, Dr. Amadon And Ernie Cooper, Russ Edwards Nate Nagel, Stephen Burke Aaron Sherman, Dave Lee, Jay Gray Scott Kennedy, Blake Wyland Christopher Loseth, Hans Hands, Derek Rich, Rob Nordvik Steve Merkel, J.D. Short And Brad Page, Andy McKenzie And Robert Smith, Scott O'Brien Paul Corrigan let me tell you all about my Patreon backers Some of them are crazy, some of them are crackers Playing the guitar all day and saying they're the backers Mudding all the square on coast with the rappers I am the host, but i never seen a ghost No concert, he'll scream absolute gold It's just one retroness, I must confess You Patreon backers are the best
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 